0: You have to lead. You have to lead the girl. You have to propose a thing for a date. <laughs> you have to do all this
1: work, bro. Oh man, that's such a stereotype. Yeah, a stereotype. <laughs> that's true.
2: hundred
0: percent
1: stereotype. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. We are in Season 2 of Dive Deep with Dush. I hope you've been enjoying the format where I have guests on the show. Today is no exception. These are interesting people I've come across in Toulouse who have a great story to share. I'll allow
2: you to introduce yourselves. Please, gentlemen. Well, I will start first. Uh, My name is Virgilio Gomez. I'm 24 years old. I've been here in Toulouse for a year. And... I have a lot of histories to, to tell and came from Venezuela, then I changed, awesome. oh, then I, I went to, to Spain, I passed a year there, and now I'm here in Toulouse, learning French, working. Awesome. I don't know what I'm going to do in the future, yeah. but I hope you enjoy this interview with Dash. Yeah, hello guys, hello Dash, it's a pleasure to be here in your podcast,
0: awesome. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. I'm, well, I'm here, my name is Alex, I'm 24 years old, I'm Spanish, I come from Madrid, I'm an aerospace engineer, and I love everything related to aerospace and space. Right now I'm living in France, so I'm just trying to learn French. Which I think <laughs> it's kind of possible, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, possible. Right. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. So these are really well-traveled individuals, they're really young, they're, they've just started out their career as such and so they're going to have a lot of great experience to share with the other younger people and the, the learning curve or the self-development curve, as you rightly said, is going to be quite massive so hopefully we'll be able to touch on some of these things. So just to start off the conversation, how has quarantine been for you, gentlemen?
2: Well, I think uh, for us it has been great, actually. We, we're sharing the same flat, the two of us and i think the dynamics were really nice because uh, at the time that we were working uh, he had his space i had mine so we had this natural uh, environment that you can work relax with your music if you want and you don't have to be interrupted by somebody because i think that in in quarantine the most important thing is to have your own space you have your mental health really nice and then i can i can point out that Maybe the most important thing is to have your well structured schedule. Maybe to not become mad because I I think I I, I had this this kind of uh, structure that I, I woke up, I was working, uh, like really relaxed. I was working actually at my my bed, in my bed, mm-hmm. my bed. I didn't have like uh, uh, something to to be distracted by distracted yeah and. And then after I worked, uh, I, I had my workout. I went out to the supermarket to, to see something different. <laughs> yeah, it was like my kind of troubled experiences. <laughs>
1: That's so true. During during these times, the only like freedom that you had during quarantine was literally to go out to the supermarket. And that's the only opportunity you had to dress up, (laughs) look presentable, not wearing
2: your underwear, (laughs) going outside to meet people as well. Yeah, I was like looking for the wine. So, oh, this is so interesting. I'm going to start like a new hobby (laughs) for this shit because I don't know what to do with my life. And wine is definitely a massive culture in France. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's
1: a social topic. Any to, any to, Anywhere you go for dinner, lunch, wherever you're meeting, one of the first things you'll talk about is the wine. So what the wine you're going to have and some history and some cultural lesson on wine in France.
0: That's right. Yeah, for me, it was being, it's been kind of hard at first Actually, it was really hard because I was used to having a very active social life, yeah. and out of the sudden, we, you know, we were in this situation in which we can't, we we couldn't go out to meet up to meet up with all friends, you know, to to do the things we, we used to be doing and like going to the gym, working out outside, going on the trips, etc. yeah, <laughs> parties, <laughs> <laughs> dating a bit, you know, this kind of stuff. So. It was pretty hard at first, but after, after a while, I realized that it was a great opportunity for me to develop and work on myself. I mean, I started working on improving my habits, improving my mental health. I mean, to have a schedule, as Virgil said before, is essential to not to become mad. You know, when you are working from, from home, it's quite different from working, I don't know, like at the office. It's completely different and if you're not disciplined, game's over. <laughs> that, that's awesome that you said that you actually worked
1: on your self-development during quarantine because I know for some people, having being imprisoned between four walls, it's quite difficult to have focus on things and there's so many distractions. I.e. If you have a family, if you have your parents, if you have children to take care of, you have to clean your place, you have to make lunch, etc. So there's a lot of issues and things that are in the air that can prevent you from being, you know, focused on yourself. So what level of, of self-development did you have?
0: Well, in fact, actually, I started to, to learn, to learn a lot about things I'm interested in, like nutrition, uh, how can I improve my exercises at the gym, how can I, how can I like, uh, work out at home. So I learned how, what is the effective way to, to work out at home and what kind of exercises. So I developed, like, kind of a routine. For exercise, And for me, it was kind of hard at first because I wasn't used to it. I needed like to, to you know, like <laughs> going to the gym and all of this. And I was used to do it. And right now it's really, really, really easy for me. I mean, nutrition, I learned a lot and modified my, my diet. Mm. I mean, I know exactly what to eat, when, uh, how to cook like better food for me, which is better for me or not. And it's, it's definitely changed my life. Oh, that's awesome. And then t- talking of like working out and things, I know you told me
2: earlier about calisthenics and that's something yeah. that you've studied and practiced in the past. So yeah, that's please. right. I, I practiced calisthenics for about two years. Then I got an injury in my my shoulder. So I, st- I stopped it a little bit. But then right now... If you could just tell the audience what calisthenics actually means. Uh, it's a kind of workout. Uh, it's a method that you use your own body. You use a pull-up bar, uh, and then you use push ups and different activities with your own weight yeah. and you don't need a, a lot of equipment to to gain great results but it's really important to to have a great technique because without a great technique you're going to have a lot of injuries i'm uh, proving a yeah. uh, life <laughs> of, of some mistakes yeah yeah when you when you advance in these in these um, activities you have to be aware which are, the, which are the risks that you're taking when you're trying to perform different exercises. So if you go step by step, uh, I, I think that you're going to improve so much. You're going to gain so much strength and also stability. It's a great exercise because as I said, uh, you're working with your own weight and, and you're going to gain control into your own body. And I think that for me, at the moment, it's the best kind of exercise that you can do, and also it's applicable uh, to something related with the the COVID nineteen situation. You can work out at home, and you don't have any limitations mm. right now. I think you said some important lessons there. Is number one,
1: practice makes perfect, and I think that's with anything in life. Is if you want to excel at something, you're not going to be great from day one. No one walks into the gym super duper ripped or you know super duper strong on day one. It's literally baby steps all the way to that level. Of progression, and then of course you have to be dedicated and maintain that that focus. So at the start of the episode, I mentioned that you guys are you know great travelers. You you as you rightly said, you've shifted to France. So please,
2: I want to touch on your experience. Okay, uh, I will start first. I I arrived like the fourth of, of September of two thousand nineteen. I was here. I don't. I didn't have any idea about French like language. I didn't have. I I know three words. Merci. <laughs> Merci beaucoup. Bonjour. Et... <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's like that. And I started like my my company. They they told me that I needed to learn French in order to have a great project. And I started my journey with the French culture right right there. And I think that maybe for us the Spanish speakers, uh, it's easier because the grammar it's really. It's the similar it's a, the similar way of the French uh, grammar and also when you read the text it's easier to comprehend uh, when you know the context and for us was well I don't know this word but I know what is he referring to mm. So uh, the thir- the first thing that I did uh, was try to immerse in the French culture, try to understand, how they think. <laughs> yeah, it's, because it's really difficult. Yeah, they they, sure. they have a they have several things really specific about their culture and they love it. And Do you have and some examples? Well, maybe I can see how they see the humor. The, the comedian is always like this kind of thing that maybe it's a little bit sexual related <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of stuff and they always like trying to say that everybody's stupid uh, and that's, that's kind of the thing that I saw in the, hu- in the humor culture. And then uh, I can see the food. They, they love their food. I love it too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. And also, the, they have a lot of things that they do, uh, like uh, the apero, it's a kind of uh, uh, thing that they, they reunited uh, near the evening. And they, they have some wine, some cheese, bread, and they share it with everybody. It's like Spanish tapas, essentially, yeah, like the, the, the French version of That's the tapas. right, that's right. <laughs> it's like the translation from the, the Spanish one to the French one and it's really interesting also how they usually they before going to party they do like a pre and inside their apartments they're more like not so drinking at the at the bar or or at the club they drink first and then go like, like crazy <laughs> do, you, do
1: you know what, this is a very uk thing as well like pre-sessioning before you go out so um i know from like a young perspective when you're a student and uh having drinks outside is always seen as being quite expensive of course. So what you do is you buy all the cheap stuff and a lot, a large volume of it you, you invite all your friends around to your place you get absolutely smashed <laughs> before you even head out and then the, and then the strategy is to try and get into the clubs. I've been with friends in the past where they've drunk too much. To the point where when you're at the club, the bouncer is like, no, 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 we're not going to let you in. So it's a fine balance of drinking enough just to
2: get on a good high. Absolutely. Well, in Spain, I don't know, we call it like botello. <laughs> it's a typical thing as well. In Venezuela, we call it like the, the pre-season is a predespacho. Okay. It's called like that. Yeah. But usually in Venezuela, it's easier because we have there like a lot of uh, good alcohol and it's not expensive at it's all. Pretty cheap, so actually. we can drink like a good level of uh, rum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's a great uh, beverage like it's not the shitty one that you buy in the supermarket yeah. and we don't have that kind of issue that got smashed with the uh, cheap alcohol and then the hangover <laughs> the next day it's crazy yeah. you don't know where are you where, where you did the last night yeah. uh, it's it's really interesting how I see because I, I experienced the the Spanish culture and the French culture and usually the european culture is kind of the same it changes from country to country but they have a, like a well-defined structure and one funny thing that i saw is like how the the south of france or the majority of the people outside of paris think about the parisians yeah yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah i've heard this it was like no they're like some shithole yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like always like they have a lot of ego they think they're superior of everyone and I, I thought that it was really interesting because maybe in Spain uh, I see the same similarity with the the, per- the people from Madrid <laughs> and you are from Madrid right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so. yeah I can confirm <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, actually, it, I don't know, it always exists this kind of like war between the south and the north, the capital and the rest of the country. Yeah. And it's a thing you can like really uh, see in France because, you know, like people from Paris, as Brigitte said, it's like they feel like superior to anybody else. I mean, if you're from Toulouse, from Marseille, from Lyon, there are, I don't know, huge cities in, in France. They're going to think, well, but you come from uh, La Champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so they, you come from the countryside, dude. <laughs> Do you know what? this?
1: It's exactly the same story in the UK as well. So you have like this north side and the south side, the south side being London. So everyone in the north refers to London as the southerners. And they, and they, they just have like the, the, the worst reputation for some reason as being arrogant people, people who have no time, people who are not polite, have no manners. Whereas the northern people are seen as
0: being more friendly. The south of France is quite different from the north. I could say, well, apart from the <laughs> the cultural <laughs> war they have of calling things like chocolatine instead of pan au Chocolat, <laughs> Sago instead of Poche, you know, these kind of things. But aside from that, uh, I feel like I'm living in Spain. I mean, good weather, uh, you have a sunny day today, Also. Oh, awesome. So uh, people are very friendly very nice if you have a program you can ask in the street and you can I don't know ask for an address or whatever you need and they're gonna they're gonna find a solution yeah, they're, they're gonna really try to help you out and yeah people are very nice party I mean this this is a I don't know very student city and like some days ago we we came back home and it was like uh, Tuesday right and there were people full of students yeah, full of yeah, students yeah. like going crazy for party even in <laughs> during this confinement this is the advantage of working or living in a major city is where
1: there's always going to be people there's always going to be things to do especially for young people there's mm-hmm. going to be events to go to i mean i was watching your guys instagram stories whilst i was in quarantine in the uk right and i was seeing like you guys going over to the countryside going to different places around Around France, when I used to text you, Alex, you were like, yeah, we're in, in Marseille or whatever. <laughs> you know, these random places. And I was like, what? You know, I want to be living this experience as
2: well, but I'm stuck in, in London. So how were your travels around quarantine? Well, it was really interesting. We had uh, really a lot of histories to tell. And the first one is like, how did we manage to do so much travels in, in this time? Was first uh, the French government and uh, the company of trains they established like a tariff for, for uh, summer was like one euro per travel. And then we thought, we well, what, what if we, we rent like a Airbnb each weekend and go to a different beach because we, we have like the beach at the two hours and one an hour and a half travel. And we were like, yeah, each weekend we were going to different uh, beaches uh, looking for different cities. And it was really crazy, and I really liked it a lot. Yeah. I saw the the architecture, the 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 villages. It was really really amazing. A great experience.
1: Yeah, I know. I was I was so jealous of you guys, like because here here I was in between these four walls, right, and all I see is concrete around me, and then you guys are fully living life here in the south of france and making you know use of your time here and i think it's because france opened up their quarantine a lot earlier than before anyone else so their lockdown was stopped i think around about may time yeah. if i'm correct 28 of may or something like Which that was, you know one of the first in europe so you guys obviously had a had a great great time and then what about yourself how was your travels yeah
0: well we also we said we, we tried to go every weekend to the to the beach so on every other day we were thinking about traveling, where's the next destination, <laughs> you know? And yeah, we visited a lot of places, different places, different bars. And I don't know, but with my friends, we were thinking about going to, to have some fun, going, trying to find some parties, <laughs> you know? We went to, to, to the Pyrenees, we went to different uh, abilities around Toulouse area, and it's been awesome.
1: Yeah.
2: So,
0: if I was a young
1: individual and I'm scared of moving abroad, what sort of advice would you give to this young person?
2: I would say to him or her to take the opportunity. You have to, to gain experience and you have to travel because like this, with this method, you're going to know different cultures, you're going to know different peoples that do a lot of stuff. You're going to raise awareness. How Where, where are you in your in your? Uh, situation with your development as a citizen and Since this is my third uh, country that I, I have been living uh, in I know that it's hard because usually you you never feel like at home in another place It's normal, but you you start to gain experiences and you start to know different cultures and you start to create your own culture. I think that it's the that's the more important thing to do. You you start like taking some parts of different cultures, mm. and then you build yourself. These countries that you've been to, what have you absorbed? Well, I have absorbed. Of maybe I think the the best thing is like the the way Europeans see things. It's more relaxed, a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> I came from a country that hey, you are twenty four seven stressed. And also in Spain, in Spain, I learn a lot about the culture, about the the food. Uh, and then in France, uh, I, I see the richness of how they care about their food, the, the products that they're made. Like how important is that you have people that have this uh, relationship with their country? Mm. They, they defend it a lot. It's like, no, it's France. I'm French. Mm. I, I want to become part of. Of the development of the country, I don't want to go abroad. Maybe it's interesting. So I think that for me, it's like I gain a lot of awareness of how the people, the people of different countries behave. I'm starting to adapt to them. I'm like a chameleon. Mm. Usually, some uh, the first thing that I saw is or the people told me is like when I speak with the Venezuelan people. I change the way that I, I pronounce words yeah, in yeah, Spanish. Yeah. Okay. I use another vocabulary. <laughs> no, then when I, I speak with Alex, maybe at home, I speak like a Spaniard. And when I, I go to France and I speak to some French guys, I, I try to adapt my, my French uh, pronunciation. Pronunciation And with the English speakers, it's the same. Like It's kind of interesting that... Uh, so you're adapting for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> usually I try to do that. And the funny thing is that when we want, when we go out and we have like different people of different sides like if I have a Spaniard, a Venezuelan, an English, or a French, I try to change and <laughs> usually usually it's funny because they told me, "Why are you speaking like that?" <laughs> I, I have a great uh, story that I was I was with some Argentinian friends and I started uh, listening to how is their pronunciation and suddenly I changed. And some friend that was with me was telling me, "Why are you speaking like in Argentinian? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I didn't do it on
1: purpose. <laughs> I know the feeling because sometimes when you try and change how you speak, so your accent, it can be seen as being a little bit offensive. And a prime example for me is when I speak in English and I go to India people in India have a very different accent, right? Uh, I mean, not being very stereotypical, but if you've seen The Simpsons and you've seen yeah, Apu, yeah. that that's not exactly how they would speak, but it's like close enough as an example, right? So when I have a very English, uh, you know, Queen's English sort of an accent, I can be seen as being too posh for them. Um, and that can be seen as being quite negative. At the same time, you don't want to appear as though you're a complete foreigner. So I have to actually adapt my English to suit. And some people, people are like, is that really your real voice? Is that how you really speak? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> it's a fine balance. But one of the most interesting things that you touched on that I really like about the French culture is how they help their community. So in terms of food, for instance, they see the importance of growing their own produce in France and utilising that in supermarkets. You don't see things shipped from all around the world when you go to Carrefour, which is the Tesco equivalent here in France. Um, Everything is local everything is you know from the local farmers they're supporting the community and it's very important for them.
0: Alex, what have you observed whilst being in France? Well, a lot, of, a lot of things. I mean for me it was an opportunity to grow. I was looking for growth. I think going abroad is the best way to you know to gain an experience, different experience, uh, to meet new people, uh, learn a new culture, learn about some costumes they have. Uh, day by day, you know, at work, at the street, you know, you learn a lot. But the, f- the first thing is the language. So I was really focused on language. So that's the first thing I absorb. I tried to absorb as, you know, as soon as possible because not everybody in France can communicate in English the same way. And it's kind of tricky because they have this strong accent. You know, I remember the first day at job, you know, at work, I was like trying to, I don't know, trying to speak with my one one colleague, you know, and he was trying to explain to me some some stuff in French, pretty technical, but he has he had like very strong accent, but I couldn't even understand he what was he saying, you know, and the thing is, I was telling him, like uh, uh, how that how does it work, and he told me like something like. Uh, the aircraft uh, is going to be there, Uh, of course, uh, the aircraft is going to be safe. Uh, (laughs) You know, uh, for me, it was kind of tricky to uh, try to understand what they really mean because of the accent. So, I I told them from day one, okay, let's speak in French. (laughs) Actually, it's better for me I'm going to learn French this way. It's going to be easier for me. Uh, in the end, I tried to, to cut my, my English and start learning French this yeah. way. And it's, and it's the best way to socialize here in France,
1: I found. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Young people here, they can speak in English, but I feel like the level of confidence they have for speaking English is not quite there. That's right. So yeah. even though they listen to Western music or English, you know, or American music or American, you know, Netflix and all these shows they still try
2: and converse socially mm. in, 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 in French. Yeah, I was thinking about the same idea that you're telling, that the level of confidence. I think that they feel, usually they feel embarrassed to make a mistake talking in English. And also there's a myth that they, they, the people think that the French guys uh, hate the Americans or hate the English, but it usually it's not like that. Usually, or there are some people that are really lazy to learn, or they are embarrassed to learn the language. Yeah, absolutely. Oh.
0: Well, I think to really connect with the people, you have to try to speak the language. That's the only way you can really connect with these people and make like a wonderful relationship and establish good friends, you know. This kind of thing. So for me, when I started dating like French girls... I was just going <laughs> to say, it, so. there's a rumor that I've heard that if you want to date French girls, you have to be able to speak you should. in French. <laughs> and I know, Alex, you're the man in this department. Well, well at first it was... Kind of tricky, you know, I tried to speak in English at first because when we were texting before meeting It was always in English because you know, I'm not really comfortable with my friend right now but Yeah, in fact, uh, we start like uh, speaking English and then I realized they 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 don't speak very very good English. So communication isn't good. So I have to switch to speak French and once I I spoke better French uh Everything goes more smoother, very easily, and I was hanging out with a lot of different girls in France, and I felt I can really connect with the people uh, speaking the, their language. And I think I truly like uh, made very good relationships with some of these girls uh, speaking their language. So yeah, I think it's key. So would
1: you say there's a difference between dating in, for instance, in Madrid in Spain, yeah, sure. to dating in France?
0: Well, it could be. I mean, uh, for me it's a particular case because in Spain it's kind of easier for me to you know to date some girls and all of this because I'm like kind of exotic, you know. Not everybody in Spain <laughs> have blue eyes, blonde like, <laughs> hair, and all of this, you know. And like yeah, when I hang out with my friends, we go to party and these places like Capital, Rome, Barcelona, which are the best discos and clubs in Madrid. I you know my pickup line is like well, where are you from? <laughs> it's always a good starter. It's terrible, man. <laughs> yeah. it's, terrible. it's terrible. It's the worst. But worst it, thing. Works. it works. I know you from somewhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it totally works <laughs> Where is the Starbucks?
2: <laughs> well, here <laughs> in France, where
0: is the Starbucks? I had to, yeah, I had to change it. But, you know, like, uh, this way, I, I met a lot of, lot of girls. And here, uh, they tell me, like, I'm from Germany, I'm from Sweden. I'm from Switzerland and French, and you know, but nobody like guess like I'm Spanish. I think that's an advantage for me. And here it uh, ends up like a very good uh, a starter to to have very good conversation with girls and to break the ice, which I think is the most important thing we're trying to do. You've, you basically stated that you've dated quite consistently or quite regularly
1: throughout your your time here in France, so. From these dates that you've been on,
0: what have you learned about yourself? I didn't know the area so well to, you know, because when you are the man, you have, you have to lead. You have to lead the girl. You have to propose a thing for date. <laughs> you have to do all this work, bro. Oh, man, that's such a stereotype. Yeah, stereotype. <laughs> that's true. 100% stereotype. That's true. You have to take initiative. You have to plan everything in advance. And you don't know the area. You have to do some research of good bars, good restaurants, good activities to go where can you go, what can you do, and all of that stuff, and for me, it was kind of hard at first because I didn't know the area, but it was a good way to discover Toulouse, and I discovered very good places to go, and... So, do you think this there's a level of uh, equality
1: uh, when you're dating now? So, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, a prime example is, for instance, when you go for dinner, the man has to pay. So, do you think that... That still exists in modern-day culture? Or is there now a level of equality where the girl will also be like, actually, no, you know, can we please split the bill at least or something? Or she'll offer to pay as well?
0: Nowadays, I think there's kind of equality, because it's true that, from my experience, I can tell that some girls were trying to offer to pay, you know, or trying to say like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay as well. I'm gonna invite you. I had a girl that even invited me to, in some dates, but, yeah, normally they expect you to, to invite them. I would say the 60-70% of the girls I dated, they expect you to pay. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And can I ask if these dates were successful beyond that? <laughs> so yeah, some of them I have been dating dating them for, for a while. But the thing is, when you're dating with a girl, I'm not going to invite all of them. Why? Because if I'm dating a lot of girls, Bro, I'm running out of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I mean, when you be a girl, the thing is you have to, to to let her invest in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And one one way is like she has to. Maybe you can invite her for the first time. But if you want to continue dating, it's not always up to you you know
1: of course it has to be a two-way relationship it exactly. has to go two ways so it's the the level of investment and energy mm-hmm. that you provide you would expect that from the date when there's that equality or the imbalance there that's what causes issues that's what causes most yeah. issues in relationships. relationship so for me um if I'm on a date for instance I don't mind paying the bill okay that's not a problem for me but it's just seen as being polite for the other person to just say actually you know can we split this and it just makes you feel a little bit more comfortable in the sense that they're actually being invested within the, the the relationship that you're trying to pursue, and they're not trying, they're not expecting you to pay for their time. I'm gonna pose you the question, Virgil. So,
2: what what is your perspective on all of this? I think it's changing a lot, but it depends on the culture. I think because maybe my culture, in my culture, in in Venezuela, it's different. It's a really more. Uh, the, the guy has to pay, the guy is the, the kind of the gentleman that is always inviting girls. And usually these girls take advantage of the guys. But here in Europe, I, I can see that it's really different. Uh, you can see that all of them are there, are aware. And it's not, you're not going to invite me for everything, it's not fair. Because I, I'm not an object, I'm also a mm. person, I, I have my, my thoughts, uh, I want to invite you if I want. And I think that the most healthy thing that you can have in a relationship is maybe if you invite a girl for a date, maybe she told him, she told you like for the next one, I'm going to invite you. Yeah. And this kind of a relationship, it's better. It's like maybe not splitting a, a, in a date. Maybe if you split in a date, it's kind of a, a signal of telling you like maybe I'm not so interested mm. But uh, this kind of things uh, and this kind of activities, I think, is the more healthier to build a strong relationship because, you know, you you want to invite a person and you you think that this person is not taking advantage of you. So uh, right now I'm going to propose like a good thing, a good practice for the people that are going to date. I think the best thing to do is first you have to be uh, you have to have your well-being well-established. You have to feel great with yourself and then when you're prepared of that you can go dating because i believe that if you have some problems if you're dealing with a lot of problems and then you start a relationship you maybe start to to increase that uh, that uh, maybe the stress in the other person that you're trying to to feel that problems with another person feel great about yourself and once you're feeling great you can open to somebody Now I'm going to move on to the last part of the podcast. This is where I'm trying to keep
1: the same questions for my guests across all the episodes to maintain a level of consistency. I'm going to start with you, Alex. So if there is one piece of advice you would like to share with my audience
0: that you've learned, what would it be? Uh, What I would say is just to try to to live a life you will remember. Cause, yeah, YOLO, <laughs> Yolo. <laughs> I mean this is gonna sound kinda of deep but in the end of my days I would like to to go back and you know to look back at my life and say bro I had a great life I can die and I don't regret anything in life. I did everything I had to do, I had experiences I wanted to, to have, I made plenty of friends which are my brothers, to, to focus on your professional career, to, to find something you love in life, because you're just going to spend like 80 hours at least per week hmm. at work. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I mean, you have to truly to, to really look enjoy for something it. you really enjoy doing, you know, yeah. because that's eight hours of your day. And it's pretty important to, to find something you really love.
2: Remember well, actually? my side, I believe that the best advice that I can give you is to always focus on your mental health. It's the most important thing because with your brain working perfectly, with being great with yourself, you're going to achieve a lot of things. Uh, I have a, this belief that if you are motivated to do something, you will do whatever it takes to, to achieve it. You need to stay focused in your objective and try to keep your mental health as, uh, as sane as possible because with that, you're going to achieve whatever you want. Yeah,
1: there's amazing ways in which people I've seen are focused on their goals. Um, Some people, for instance, have uh, visuals that they keep out. So a visual of uh, this is talking from a financial side. This is the house that I want to have in the future. This is a car I want to drive. And every single day they look at their their vision board and they see that this is what I want to work towards. Some people can keep a diary, uh, a daily diary of their self-development. So what is it that you actually do in order to stay
2: focused? Well, I, I usually, uh, uh, when I have a uh, big objective, I try to divide it in different small objectives. And that's that's a way that you have a positive reinforcement uh, from time to time that you achieve one of the objectives. You see the results. You see how you have improved. And then you see the next one is like, I'm going to do it. And then for the next one, and then you keep going. And you don't have like anybody that is going to stop you. I, I can see like I have a silly story, but uh, I started with photography. I am an amateur, I really like photography, and I, I started in the pandemic like, well, I want to take some photos. And I thought, well, what's the first thing that I have to do to ha- to take great photos? Uh, instead of having like a great camera, you also have to do- to have like a great editing skills. So it was like, well, okay, let's try to learn something about uh, photo editing. And well, I downloaded uh, Lightroom from an Adobe, and I started, and the first pictures weren't the best ones. But then I, I saw the, the feedback from some friends. It was like, oh, nice picture. I was like, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. That positive reinforcement uh, pushed me further to my objectives. It's like, well, maybe in the near future, I'm going to buy a better camera. I'm going to see what I want to interpret uh, interpretate in my in my photos. Maybe take some classes to improve the the deepness in the the objectives that I want to share with the people and how I can see things. Yeah, that's awesome, is taking baby
1: steps in order to achieve that big goal. So having the goal of this is where I want to be in 10 years' time or 20 years' time, if you're just looking at the bigger picture all the time, you're never going to quite get there, but you have to try and break that down into little baby steps, into mini goals. And the idea is every single day is to be like, how
2: have I improved myself today in order to move on to this goal of mine? Yeah, we can do the relationship between the calisthenics, as we, say, as yeah. we said at the, at the beginning. It's like, you don't, you're not going to perform like the stiff guy, like the people that is doing crazy stuff on YouTube. But if you can do one push-up a day, one pull-up, you're going to improve, and then you're going to get there. But you have to be consistent. Yeah, Exactly. Perseverance and consistency are key to yeah. achieve what you think.
1: Awesome, amazing! Thank you for sharing that. And um, to end the show, I have one final question for you guys. And this is: if you wish to plug or share something with my audience, it could be anything. It could be a film, it could be a book, it could be an article. Anything. What would it be?
2: Okay, maybe I'm more related with music. I love music, and I can share with you like some artists that are not so known. Yeah, they're awesome. international artists. Maybe you have a girl that is Tasutana. He has like, a, he does sampling and he plays really good the guitar. And usually I discover her like randomly on in, in YouTube. The algorithm showed me a video and was like, well, let's see what is it. And I started to, to listen to her. And then I saw a, a TED talk from her. Uh, every now and then go on Monday. They, they have like a special podcast, a special Uh, ...list for you... ...prepare for new discoveries... ...and go and listen something... ...and maybe you're going to discover something... ...that is going to, to make you... ...the mood of the Monday... I, I think that it's a thing that i can recommend that yeah to it's, try and it's do. awesome
1: it's to try and support like the up-and-coming artists the young the young artists that are trying to make their mark in the industry It's to just go out there and support them and you'd be really surprised in terms of what you find it's 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 true where, what you say where I found random discoveries on on instagram on the explore page or even on my uh, youtube app or whatever it might be where it's an individual you've never heard and you're instantly put off saying oh, who is this guy why should i listen to him but when you listen to that music it might be something that you can really you know rejuvenate with and for you alex what is it that you would like to
0: share i'd like to share that don't be fear to fearful to to try new things to try new stuff for example i started write, writing and i just okay let's write like a little like biography of, uh, of this guy of my friend of me of my mother of my father you know i was like just writing uh just for fun and i I hated it at first. I think, why am I doing this? Well, I have time right now. Why not? Let's give it a shot. I, and right now, I'm, I'm really keen on it. Mm. I mean, I really love and enjoy my time when I'm writing. I'm writing some stuff, so stay tuned.
2: <laughs> awesome,
0: awesome. So if people want to find your writing, where, they, where can they find it? Well, at least uh, right now, there's not going to be lunch because I'm still working on it. Yeah. But you can follow in my in my Instagram account, miller 12 and you're going to see all the stuff over there. Amazing. Remember the name. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> amazing. So I'd just like to thank you guys
1: for coming on the show. I've had an amazing time. I've, I've learned so much about you guys that I didn't previously know. So thank you so much for sharing these stories. And for my audience at home, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Stay tuned for more episodes of Dive Deep with Dush.